0: Welcome to Life Church. We are an X242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. So we're still in our Just Ten series. We've got one more week after this, and um, and then we'll we'll move on. Then we will have done the Ten Commandments, and we're safe. Yeah, that's how it works. You preach it for 10 weeks and then you're good, yeah? No, that's not how it works, but that's it. So I want to start with a story, a true story. This is a story of somebody called Kamiyai Shuji. Um, In the 80s, he was a, a Japanese business prodigy. He was a smart guy, graduated from college, and then he went to work for a company called the Osaka branch of Ace Security, which was a brokerage firm. He was pretty good at what he was doing. But because he was new, he got assigned to external sales, which meant he had to cold call potential clients. It's not a great job. He recognized that in his scheduled hours, he started at 20 to 9 in the morning, he finished at 5 in the evening, Monday to Friday. He found he couldn't get enough clients. And so he decided to change his working hours. So he changed his working hours to 6.50 a.m to 10 p.m., 6.50 in the morning, 10 p.m. at night, seven days a week. He, he, because he changed his hours, obviously had much more time to connect with external clients, he got really good at what he was doing, brought lots of clients in for his, uh, for his company. He became a rising star for his company, and he got promoted to what was called the Corporate Warriors. It does sound quite Japanese, doesn't it? The Corporate Warriors. And people would start writing about this guy in business magazines, about how well he was doing and his approach to work and and all of that kind of stuff. And he would start to do tours. He would lecture and do studies, um, kind of like conference-type things. He continued to work 90-hour weeks. So he was averaging 13 hours a day, seven days a week. He was absolutely crushing it. (coughs) And then one weekend, he was doing a sales seminar at a hotel and uh, he collapsed and died. He had a heart attack. His heart just just gave out. He was 26. 26 years old. This is, such, this is such a common thing in Japan that they have a name for it. It's called karoshi, which means death by overwork. And in 2016, the Japanese government said that one in five workers we're in danger of karashi, one in five. If we're not careful, our work lives can become a form of slavery because we're just doing it, and we're doing it, and we're doing it, and we forget why we're doing it. The Israelites had just come out of slavery. I'm sure you know the story, the parting of the Red Sea, loads of miraculous things had happened. They got to this point on the mountain where they were given the Ten Commandments. And I want you to bear in mind that they just left slavery as we hit what we're going to be doing today. Jesus says this, Jesus says this. Well, I guess we could say that. But this is is what God said. And this is what Roses wrote down in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall work, you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter or your manservant or maidservant nor your animals nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This commandment takes up more space than any of the other commandments. There's a, there's a, lot, of, there's a lot of real estate in my Bible when I look at this commandment. It takes up a lot of space. And it's one, of those, it's one of those funny ones, isn't it? Funny in the sense that we would look at the Ten Commandments and say, I've definitely not killed anyone. I've definitely not done the things that are listed in the Ten Commandments. But this I do all the time and it's fine. It's fine. I'm so busy and that's fine. I miss the Sabbath. I don't really celebrate a Sabbath or have time for Sabbath or rest. And that's okay. It's kind of like we're proud that we break this commandment. We're proud that we break this one because there's such value in the world that is placed on busyness and on work. But actually, the Bible says that God rested on the seventh day. And so, who are we to say, I don't need rest. I don't need a break. I can just carry on. It says, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. He gave us sacred time to rest, time that is separate from everything else that we do. And we get this wrong, and I'm talking to you this evening as someone who has not got this right in my own life yet. I'm working on it, but I wouldn't say that I have got this right. But we're all, thankfully, works in progress. I don't need to think, Nick's got to all sort it with the Sabbath thing. I haven't, but I am working on it. And the thing that we we do is we tend to get stuff like this a bit wrong. I remember as a child, and some of you I imagine would relate to this, on a Sunday, which I guess Christians would look at as a Sabbath generally, I was not allowed to play outside. Not allowed to play outside. I was not allowed to have any friends over. We went to church in the morning, and then when we came home, the rest of the day was miserable. Well, it wasn't miserable, but I had to stay inside. I had to do indoor activities, because we didn't want noise outside on a Sunday. It's not allowed. And what does that do? That sets up in a child's head, in my head, that Sunday is a terrible day. It's a terrible day, because I have to go to a church that I don't want to go to, I have to sing songs I don't want to sing, I have to come home and stay in my room reading books all day, which was great, because I do like to read, but what does that do? We make rules about things that just get stuff wrong. And in Jesus' time, the Pharisees also got this wrong, terribly wrong. And I don't want us to be hard on the Pharisees because I know that when I examine my own life, I can be just as Pharisaical as these guys here in the Bible. I used to like to poke fun at them, and I used to like to point out how much they missed stuff. But I realized one day (laughs) that I am just like them that we all are just like them. We miss stuff all the time. And so you can imagine at some point they sat around, they had this commandment that said, don't work on the Sabbath day. And someone asked the question, what does work mean? And so they felt they needed to define what work was. And they came up with a huge list of things that they classified as work that you weren't allowed to do on the Sabbath. And it became just an opportunity to keep a bunch of rules instead of having a day where you rest and you turn your attention to God, which is the point of a Sabbath. And so there was an instance where Jesus was walking with his disciples through a field, and his disciples were hungry, and they took some of the grain, and they they rubbed it between their fingers, and then they ate it, the Pharisees went crazy, because taking grain, rubbing it in your hands, and putting it in your mouth is harvesting, and harvesting is work, and we do not work on the Sabbath. And so they gave Jesus a hard time. They're like, "What well, you your disciples are breaking the Sabbath here. Why are, you letting these, why are you letting these boys do this? And then there was another occasion, which is worse than, than the one I just mentioned, where they were in the synagogue, there's a man who had a withered hand, and Jesus says, stretch out your hand, and his hand is, is made whole. And in my mind, everybody stands up and applauds. This is amazing. Jesus, a miracle has happened. This guy, he did, his hand wasn't working, and now his hand is working. It's amazing. Not the Pharisees. Oh, no. Because healing is work, and work does not happen on the Sabbath. So a man has just got healed. And they can't see we're in the presence of the Son of God. They can't see we're in the presence of something amazing here. This incredible thing has happened. What they can see is someone has broken our rules. And they gave Jesus a hard time. And then Jesus points a few things out to them. He says, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. He says, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. He's saying, listen, this rule, this idea, this thing that was instituted at the beginning is for you, to help you, to draw you closer to God, not something to be a cage for you to succumb to, for you to follow blindly. This is for you. The day of rest is for your benefit, for your refreshing, not just a rule that you have to follow. So if Jesus said, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. What does the Lord of the Sabbath have to say to us? He says this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. What is rest? I feel like I'm on a Jewish council again. (laughs) What? Let's define rest. What does it mean to rest? I'll tell you what it's not before I tell you what it is. Rest is not distraction. It's not distraction. Distraction just takes us from one thing to the other and keeps us busy. But it is not rest. You may feel like you're resting because you're not doing the thing you were doing first. But actually, you're still doing something else. And so, you are still busy. I teach four days a week, and usually this is what happens, without a doubt, without failure. I will say, it's probably when it gets to about half ten, I'll say, hey hey guys, you've worked hard for an hour and a half, which usually isn't true. You've worked, you've worked hard, <laughs> not for everyone. You've worked hard for an hour and a half, let's take a break. Be back here in 15 minutes, let's take a break. What you expect to happen Is you know, a bit of a clatter, people putting their coats on, leaving the room, going to get a drink, going to the toilet. That's not what happens. What happens is this. Hey, guys, let's take a break. That's what happens. Nine times out of ten, nine students out of ten will swivel in their chair. And By the time I've said the K in break, their phones are in their hands because what have I missed in the last hour? while I've not had access to this and that in their minds that is taking a break but it isn't it's a distraction some of us we take distractions and we embrace distractions because we've actually forgotten what it is like to just be still to just not have anything on I've had conversations with young people you know twenties thirties who will say things like, yeah, I have the TV on. It's, I'm not watching it, I just like the sound in the background. Or I have music on, I'm not listening to it, I just like the sound in the background. And there's this, this, this kind of need in us to be distracted rather than to just be still and to just be quiet and to just rest. Maybe we, we don't like to have our own thoughts, Maybe they scare us. I don't know. But distraction is not rest. Rich Villodas, who is a pastor in America, he defines Sabbath as a 24 hour period with no have to's or should's. No have to's or should's. There's no, this is what I have to do or this is what I should do. And this is what leads us to deep rest and renewal. He says, we stop. We rest, we delight, we contemplate. And that's what we do on the Sabbath. There's a time in Jesus' journey with his disciples where he does this to them. In Mark chapter 6, it says in verse 30, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done. We've been so busy, God. Then because so many of the people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Get some rest. (laughs) It sounds nice, but actually if you read on, they do that and then loads of people turn up. (laughs) People follow Jesus everywhere and then Jesus has compassion on them. And then this is when the five loaves and two fish happen. But it starts out with Jesus saying, hey, guys, come away with me and get some rest. Because rest is important. So if the Lord of the Sabbath says to us, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I just want to look at those words, really. The first word is come. And that means you need to move. You need to move towards him. Maybe you need to stop what you're doing and move towards him. Maybe you need to put your tools down, metaphorically. Does anyone use tools anymore? I don't know. Put your tools down and move towards him. Maybe you need to sit in silence and turn your heart towards him. And Jesus says, come to me. He doesn't say, come to church. Coming to church is good. That is, is not an excuse or some kind of get out of church card that I'm giving you. He doesn't say, come to church, but you should. He says, come to me. He doesn't say, come to a preacher or a sermon. He says, come to me. He doesn't say, come to a worship night, although you should. He says, come to me. Because the truth is, if any of those things are doing what they should be doing, they would point you to Jesus anyway. And we need to come to him. Because it's in Him that we actually have true rest. Psalm 62 verse 5 says this, Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from Him. And so we come to Him. He invites us to come to Him. He says, Come to me, you who are weary. It's a good word, weary. We can be weary just doing the stuff that we do on a day-to-day basis, not even doing anything out of the ordinary, just doing life. We can be weary sometimes. We can be weary sometimes, like happened to me a couple of weeks ago when it was my half term, but it wasn't Lisa's half term, and I couldn't really decide what to do because I was by myself. I had a list of things that I could have done, and then I didn't do any of them, and then, At night time, I was tired, I was weary, but I was weary from doing nothing and sometimes we can be weary from doing nothing. Sometimes we are weary because we have been disobedient. We have not done what we should do and in order to avoid thinking about what we should have done, we do other things. And we get exhausted and we're wearing ourselves out when what we should do is just be obedient and do the thing we know we should do. We're making ourselves weary. But Jesus says, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden. Heavy laden means you're carrying a lot of stuff. And sometimes it's not your stuff. Sometimes you need to put it down and say, Jesus, I can't carry this. You need to carry this instead. Or maybe you're working for the wrong master. Jesus goes on in that passage to say, My yoke is easy. The stuff that I'm going to give you to carry is easy. And my burdens, my burden is light. Come to me, you who are weary, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest helps us to do a few things. It helps us to fight against performance. Because when you rest, when you're not doing anything, if you're someone who is performance-driven, it can be quite difficult to rest because you're thinking about all the things that you should be doing or could be doing, and resting can be difficult. But when we rest, we're actually saying, I don't have to do stuff to be loved by God. I can do stuff because I'm loved by God. You see, our our mindset changes because we've taken the time to rest and to recognize who God is and who he has called us to be. We don't have to be driven to produce all the time. And a Sabbath rest helps us to fight against that. And that that is tough. It is tough because some people are doers and are quite driven. And it's important because if we didn't have those people, stuff wouldn't get done. It wouldn't get done. Stuff needs to get done. That uh, Some people really take value from the things that they do. And to some extent, we appreciate the things that people do. But actually, your value is not based on what you do. Your value was based on what Jesus did on the cross for you. That's where your value was determined. And so doing stuff to get God's attention or God's approval is pointless. He already loves you. So rest helps us to fight against performance. Rest helps us to fight against self-sufficiency. I can do this by myself. If you've ever had little kids, they get, they get to a point where you're trying to put their coat on, they're like, and they want to put it on themselves, and you're trying to button them up because you're in a hurry, and, and they just refuse because I can do this by myself. And so you just have to factor in an extra 40 minutes <laughs> while, while they take their time to do their coat up because it takes forever. But there is that drive in us where we just want to do stuff ourselves. And actually shutting down and taking time off the doing gives us an opportunity to recognize that actually, I really do need your help, God. In this quiet, I realize that I do need your help. It isn't all about what I can do. And rest helps to fight against self-righteousness, against thinking that somehow, we can do it and we have made it and it is all about us when we sit in the quiet when we sit and rest when we sit away from our jobs and our chores and we see who god is and what he has done for us it reminds us that everything we have is because of him i was challenged this week when i was reading just in my devotional time i read that Incident of Jesus being asleep in the boat. You remember the story. Jesus is with the disciples. He's in the boat. He's fast asleep. There's a horrendous storm. The disciples are panicking. And if the disciples are panicking, it must have been a terrible storm. Because these are fishermen. These are guys who do this for a living on this lake every day. This is what they do. And they've, they've seen storms before this is this is unusual. And so they are scared. And they wake Jesus up. Imagine waking Jesus up. In the middle of this storm, Jesus is fast asleep. They wake him up. He calms the sea. And then they experience the peace and rest that he was having. But this is what challenged me. Jesus woke up, and he calmed the situation. He changed their circumstances so they could experience rest. But he didn't need to do that because he was at rest. His circumstances did not determine whether he was at rest or not. He was already at rest. He was peaceful. In the middle of a storm, he was fast asleep because he knew who he was, where he was going, and he knew he wasn't going to die in a storm. And I'm blown away by what we miss when we don't take an opportunity to rest with him so that he can put that stuff in us. That strength, that determination, that realization that regardless of what's happening around us, we can be in a place of peace and rest because of knowing who He is and having that deep connection to Him. And so when we take time out, it helps us to reframe what we think about time. We stop saying things like, what time is it? To, what is this time for? What is this time for? And imagine if that bled into our weeks and into our every day. What is this time for today, God? Rather than nine to 10, I'm doing this. 10 to 11, I'm doing this. 11 till 12.30, I'm doing this. Imagine if we had an attitude that said, what is this time for today, God? So how do we do this? Some, uh, some practical tips, as it were. How do we do this? First of all, we need to have a rule. A rule of life. I know before I said, be careful with rules, but you need to have a rule if you're going to make this work. You need to have a rule if you're going to make this work. So when is your Sabbath? Is Sunday your Sabbath? Is Saturday your Sabbath? You need to have a rule for when your Sabbath is going to be. You need to decide that. And this isn't, this isn't prescriptive, this isn't, Nick says, this is when I need to have it. You need to know when you've got the time in your week to have time where you can separate that time and do the things I'm going to talk about in a moment. So I know, (coughs) for example, that generally Saturday will be my Sabbath, which means that I work harder in the week, usually, I have said, I don't always get this right, but I work harder in the week to make sure that I don't have any chores to do on a Saturday. Because Saturday is kind of a chore day normally, isn't it? When you do the stuff that you haven't done all week. Well, I want to rest on Saturday. So I will try and do all the other things during the week. So that when it gets to Saturday, I'm okay. And if it hasn't been done by Saturday, then it doesn't get done. (gasps) Oh, how dare you? It doesn't get done. Yeah, because on Monday it will still be there. It will still be there. Whatever the chore is. It will still be there. We have to make a rule, because this rest is important, it is so important to us. So make a rule. And I don't, I don't get this right, listen, when I got married, when Lisa and I got married 25 years ago, that's a long time, 25 glorious years ago, sorry, glorious years, um, we got married in July, 4th of July, we got married, we went on honeymoon, we came back from a honeymoon, And then we went to youth camp. We did a youth camp. Then after the youth camp, we did a kids camp. Then we did a youth camp, a youth camp, a youth camp, and a youth camp. We did six weeks of camp. And then we went back to work. And then the year after that, we did six weeks of camp in the summer. Because I am insane. Yeah, and I had to, listen, I had to learn Somebody did say to me, this is not good. If You need a holiday. Because for me, camp is fun. And I enjoyed doing it. It wasn't a chore. It was hard work, but it wasn't a chore. I didn't think, oh, I can't do camp this year because there's just so much. No, I really looked forward to doing camp. But actually, I had to learn that I need to rest, to actually rest, to have some time where I rest. And that's in the whole year. Imagine what my weeks were like. Some of us, we just need to have a rule where we have some margin in our week. Just to have some margin. I am, uh, it's not something I'm proud of. Somebody was having a conversation with someone last week, and we needed to meet up. And they said, I can meet you on a Monday. When's your next free Monday evening? Why, well, it's in January, is my next free Monday evening. But that's not great. Now, the things that happen on Mondays are not things I'm thinking, oh man. I'm so sad to have to do those things. I look forward to the things that are happening on Mondays. But, but my calendar is so full that my next free Monday is January. That's not necessarily good. I am the guy who will fill, who will fill the calendar up. And Lisa will say, um, what's happening here? And I'll be like, it's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll squeeze some time in somewhere else when God invents a new day. It's not good. It's not good. And I know some of you are the same. It's not good. So we need to have a rule of life. The second thing what happens in our Sabbath is we retune our hearts to God. You know what happens during the week? We're hearing all sorts of things. We're engaged in all sorts of conversations. It's like when you borrow someone's car and you fiddle with a radio and then you give it back to them. I've done that to Lucas once. You give it back to them and none of the stations that you've saved are in the right places. And so you have to retune, retune to get back to what you know you need to hear. And that's what Sabbath does for us. It gives us an opportunity to retune our hearts, to say, God, I'm dialing in to hear what you have to say to me again. Pastor John Tyson, who leads a church in New York, says, we will not drift into devotion or glide into godliness. It doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't just happen in the natural course of life. We have to be intentional about devotion and intentional about becoming godly. It won't just happen. And so we take a Sabbath, we take that time to retune our hearts to God. We also have an opportunity to reflect, to be still, and to reflect. So I'll give you a clue of some of the things that I do when I do a Sabbath properly. (laughs) Some Some of the things I do and some of the things I intend to do. What I will do is I will sit and ask myself some questions. What has God said to you this week? What has God said to you this week? And I'll think about the week. I'll think about the conversations I've had. I'll think about the things that really stood out to me. And I'll reflect on them. And then I'll flick through my Bible, my Bible app. And my question will be, what have you highlighted this week? What stood out to you in your devotional times this week? And then I'll reflect on those things. I'll reflect on the verses that I highlighted, the little notes that I made, the things that really grabbed my attention. And then I'll say, what really concerned you this week? What grabbed your attention? What bothered you this week? And I'll spend some time thinking and praying through these things. And then I'll take some time to listen, to just sit and listen. Now, I don't want you to think that this is how I spend a whole Saturday. This may be an hour. But guess what happens for the rest of the day? I'm already feeling rested. I'm already feeling rested because I've spent some time just reflecting and sitting and retuning my heart. And then the final thing that happens in our Sabbath is we are refreshed. We are refreshed. And so we find an activity that refreshes our souls. What refreshes your soul? Is it a walk outside? Is it something outdoors? Is it a nice meal? Is it hanging out with some friends? Is it watching a movie? What is it that refreshes your soul? We take some time to do something that feeds your soul. A life-giving activity. Some of us, a Sabbath would mean we just sit. And for the whole day, we just sit and read a book, and that would be amazing. Some people, that would be good for me. I'd quite like that. Some people are active resters. Yeah, like Lisa, my wife, is an active rester. If Saturday comes and she doesn't do something, she doesn't go for a walk, she doesn't do anything, something that's active, by the end of the day, she's really jittery. I'm like, Lisa, did you walk today? No. Well, here we are. You're like a caffeinated puppy. Just jittery. We need to actively rest, don't we, Lisa? Because she is an active rester. But you, listen, this is why we can't be prescriptive about this stuff because we're all different. But you need to do something on your Sabbath that feeds your soul and that takes you to a place of rest and something that is not just a distraction because Jesus said, come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden. And in the Amplified version, he says, I will ease, relieve, and refresh your soul. I will ease, relieve, and refresh your soul. I want to pray for us all, so just bow your heads. (coughs) I'm not going to make an appeal, ask you if you're struggling with Sabbath. I'm just going to assume, like me, that you are. I'm going to pray for us all. Lord, you designated this day, a day in our week, where we can rest. I pray that you set us free from the need to be busy, from the need to perform, from the need to just continually do stuff. I pray that you help us to find rest in you. Lord, in a practical sense, I pray that you'll show us where maybe we need to lay some things down. Maybe we need to be stricter about our bedtimes. Maybe we need to set an alarm to get up earlier in the morning. Maybe we need to move some stuff around so that we can make some margin in our lives where we can allow you to reach you us, to realign us, to take us to a place where we are able to do the things you've called us to do. Lord, forgive us where we've been so busy and so focused on maybe even doing stuff for you that we're so exhausted that we can't do the things that you really want us to do. We don't want to be those people who miss that moment. I pray that you will help us to give our worries and our cares to you and to trust that as we make time to rest in you, that you will bring restoration to our souls. In your name, Jesus in your name let me just tell you one story and then i'll hand back to lisa i had a busy ministry weekend once i think we're having a conference in a church i was in so friday was busy saturday was busy sunday was busy and in the meeting i was quite i was quite tired on sunday and i sat in the meeting and a verse popped into my head and i thought oh, that's a good verse and so I waited for an appropriate moment in the service and I stood up and I shared this verse with everyone because I felt that's what I needed to do. And then I shared the verse and then I, I sat down. And I sat down with a sigh because I was, I was you know that where you do stuff and you sigh accidentally, it might be because you're older, but I sighed when I sat down. This is the verse I read. To everyone. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I sat down, and I sighed, and I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. And he may not speak to you like this. This is how he spoke to me. He said, that was for you, you Muppet. (laughs) (laughs) But I was so busy doing stuff that I wasn't able to recognize that the Holy Spirit was saying, you are busy. You need to wait on me. I had that for me, but oh, so busy that I shared. I'm sure it blessed someone else. It's, it's the word of God. I'm sure it blessed someone else. But actually, it was meant for me. And I wonder how much stuff we miss that's meant for us, because we're so busy. God help us. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.